Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbarnwell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. This particular thought that we started uh, two Wednesdays ago is really has really grown in my heart. I've discussed with you up to now eight positions that you could adopt to facilitate the help of God. I'm not going to rehearse all eight. I'm just going to go to number eight directly, okay, for the sake of, of time. And I said to you, well, number seven was if you help those in Zion, God will help you. Your commitment to Zion is important because within the context of the people of God is located your help. God says, I will send you, you will send the rod of his help or his strength from out of Zion. David said, the Lord is for me among those who, among those who help me. And that we discussed at length. And then um, two Wednesdays ago, we discussed this. Your help is located in your support of your spiritual leader. And this is a, a dynamic which I find to be most helpful. <laughs> it's a dynamic I find to be most powerful. And I pray that your, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened today. I want to really, really do my best to unveil this to your spirit. Because if you see it, it will change your life forever. Many of you don't see it. You know it, but you haven't seen it. There's a difference between mental cognition of a truth and the revelation of that truth to your spirit. I know the truth that's been revealed to you when I see a change in your behavior. Right? Then you see the person has understood what God has, what God has said. Now, you've got to track with me and follow with me. I'm going to go fairly fast and try and cover a, a group of things. Listen very carefully. The help that God is desiring to give you a huge portion of it you can access simply in terms of how you support your spiritual leader. That's the, 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 the plainest way I can put it. If you understand that dynamic, you will access a whole array of help that is not possible outside of that position. Because you are God's son, God will always love you, care for you, and help you. Whether you do this, what I'm about to teach, or not. God will always be your help. But I'm saying to you, if you want a, a serious dimension of the help of God, and I'll only get to explain this perhaps in the next session, the, it's only, it only comes to those who position themselves in what the scripture calls strong support. Okay? Now I'm going to quickly rehearse the two key texts we did on that Wednesday and then move on. 1 Chronicles 11.10, the Bible says that the men that came to support David at Hebron, they were heads of the mighty men whom David had, and they gave him strong support. <clears throat> Everyone say strong support. In his kingdom, together with all Israel, to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Now say it again, strong support. 
The word strong is the Hebrew word chazak. Everyone say chazak. Chazak is a very nice sounding Hebrew word. It's one of my favorite Hebrew words because it denotes the mentality of a warrior in an army. You can't be a warrior in David's army if you're not going to chazak. Everyone say it like chazak. Text it with umph, chazak. So if you're part of David's army, what he would expect from you is not just support. David, is, David doesn't want your support. David wants your chazak support. Say it again, strong support. Right? right? And this word means to strengthen, to be extremely courageous, and to overpower. The kind of mentality of the men in David's army, these were bad dudes. These were militant. militant. Uh, a part of them were elite forces, highly skilled, highly trained, and don't know fear in the face of an enemy opposition. Part of them, the Bible says their faces were like lions in the face of an enemy. Their feet were like hinds feet, gazelles on top of mountains. They were extremely strong, but extremely agile, okay? A warrior force that you would not want to contend with if if you're facing them. How would you like to face a group of lions? Anybody? These guys. When you look at them, the Bible says their faces in warfare was like the faces of lions. And they were so agile like hinds feet on the top of mountains. Right? So you couldn't catch them because of their agility. You couldn't overpower them because of their strength. Now this is the kind of support that David enjoyed. Strong support. First Chronicles. Look at... The same text in the King James Version. The same text in the King James Version. Where it says they gave him strong support in the NASB, the King James says they strengthened themselves with him. Now, say this with me. You strengthen yourself when you strengthen your leader. Their mindset was, we're coming to you, David, according to the prophecies that went out before you. It says there, according to the word. Listen carefully. You don't want to support any leader without a prophetic registry. You don't want to support any leader that you're not convinced is called by the word of God, by the will of God, doing God's purposes in his day. These men were not just arbitrarily thinking, well, Saul is dead. Let's support this new kid on the block, David, the new king. No, they're not thinking that. They were convinced this guy, I like what it says there, according to the word of the Lord. So they they, they acknowledge that you, David, have a prophetic future. So if your leader has a prophetic future, it's in your best interest to support your leader accomplishing that future because you will be part of that future with him, right? It's in your best interest. So they strengthen themselves by strengthening David. Is it not in your best interest to have a strong leader? Yes, right? You will be disadvantaged when your leader is weak. It's in your best interest that your leader be strong on all fronts, right? I strengthen myself by strengthening uh, my leader. I'm going to leave out a few verses simply because of time. First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 1 in ASB says, Now these are the ones who came to David at Ziklag while he was still restricted because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men. Everyone say mighty men. Come on, say it like it's mighty. Say mighty men. Uh, These were among the mighty men who helped David in war. If you were to describe David's army, 
the only time the Bible uses mighty men, right? These were a group of mighty men. In fact, there were 37 of them specifically. I'll explain in a moment. Apart from the general army, there were those, listen carefully. The army gave him support, but these guys gave him strong support. These were his immediate help, the ones closest around him, right? Now, come on, are you just going to support or are you want to be, do you want to give strong support? Yeah. Do you want to just be a man or a mighty man? You see, there's David, there's his mighty men, and there's his men, his army. But he relied on this elite force, so to speak, the SWAT team, this highly trained, highly skilled elite military force that were the closest to him, that the Bible says, call them mighty men, and what do they do to him? Come on, say it, they helped him in war. So watch, say this to you, if you want to receive help, you must so help. The help you receive is directly related to the help you have given in the past. If you want to be the recipient of great help, so great help. Remember I taught you this? Uh, Job sowed help. Remember? He said when the, what did he say? When the poor heard me coming, it, they called me blessed. He said in Job 4, 14, my words helped the tottering to be sure and to be, to be strong because I was a help to them. The easiest way is to sow help. The easiest way to receive help is to sow help. Two sessions ago, I encouraged you, sow help amongst yourselves. Help your brother, right? Sow to those who are in Zion. But now I'm saying, once you've mastered that, look up and say, who's my leader? Who's above me? I am going to help him in. I'm going to help him in war. As I support him, strengthen him, the text says, they strengthen them. They strengthen themselves. First Chronicles 12, verse 21. They helped David against the band of raiders. They were mighty men. Everyone say, mighty men of valor. Right? And they were captains in the army. Verse 22, day by day, men came to David to help him. Now, the Bible says this so often. There are some men helping David. Men came to help David, help David, help David. David is not going to fulfill the purpose of the Lord in his life without these guys. That's my point. Who loves David? Personality in the Bible, I love him. He's one of my heroes with all of his niggy-niggies and yaga-nyagas, all of his personal failures. The Bible says a man after God's own heart. And the Bible says concerning him in Acts 13, in the New Testament comments about this guy, it says David, before he slept, he fulfilled the will of God for his generation. A man after God's own heart. But David is fulfilling nothing without these mighty men. He's going nowhere fast until he has these guys around him. Okay? Nowhere fast until he has these guys around him. Now, this is the only text in the scripture. There's another one. I just forget where it's found in reference to David. Where it likens the man's, a man's army like the armies of heaven. When God saw the arrangement of David's army, he said in his mind, there's nothing on the earth right now that mirrors my angelic armies in the heaven like this guy's arrangement. His army was like the army of God. And another text says it was like the heavenly armies or the armies of the Lord in heaven. Now, I want to encourage you, say this word, until. I'm going to say it again, until. 
I was meditating on the scripture in the week and it only dawned upon me when I, I, I said it and I was quoting the scripture in my mind over and over again, stopping at every word. And I said, the help David until there was a great army until the army of God. And what the Holy Ghost said to, this to me, David's men helped him until his, his army was an accurate representation of everything in heaven. So the support did not stop until the representation was so aligned to everything in heaven. I want to challenge the church. Don't withhold your support until what we have is so accurately representative of the Lord in heaven. It's only this, when this happens, can David now start to rule and to reign. Now I want to encourage you, you support until, let me frame it like this, you give strong support until we ratify and conclude every phase of God's perfect will in the midst of us. Yes? Come on, may you get a revelation of this. Pray your eyes of your spirit might be, might be opened. Okay? Is it in their best interest to give David strong support? Yes? Right? Why? Because as David is strong, David secures Israel, and Israel becomes secure against all of their enemies. All of their enemies. Okay? And these are the strong men of David. So ask your neighbor or tell your neighbor, do not withhold your support. Say, Jazak. Come on, that's your new buzzword. Say, Jazak. Right? There are men and there are the rest of the army. But here's a Jazak. Here's a, here's a warrior. This is, this is the one I can rely upon. Listen carefully what the etymology of Jazak means. It literally means to fasten upon another. Attach yourself. Cling. Remember Ruth clung to Naomi? Same word Jazak used there. Everyone say fasten. Right? I want to encourage you, don't let your commitment be loose. Don't let it be convenient. Don't let it only be with you as the primary beneficiary. Because most people simply commit to a leader and you're worried about what, how will this relationship benefit me? Let me just say this to you. Great benefit will come to you either way because that's why we are here as leaders. We rule, we lead with you as the primary beneficiary in mind. But you must have a reciprocal mindset in saying, I've been the, reciprocal, the recipient of great grace. Under this leader, there's been great salvation that has come to my home, great sustenance, great growth, whichever. The least I can do is to reciprocate by a measure of help to him as we go on until this army becomes reflective of the armies of the Lord in, in heaven. Amen? So tell your neighbor, fasten. Right? It's like, I want to encourage the church, intensify the commitment. Strengthen the bond. Right? Because you will be uh, a beneficiary ultimately um, in the same. Okay? Now, David's mighty men, let me just give you a few examples. Let, let's go to 2 Samuel 23 and verse 8. 2 Samuel 23 and, and verse 8. There were, there were literally 30 of them, which are called the mighty men. But 2 Samuel gives a listing of their names, and there are actually 37 listed there. So I don't think there's any contradiction. I think the reference to 30 was an overall 
general term to denote and to classify these guys. However, amongst the 30, there were three who were chief of the 30. Now, later on, I'll do an intense study of this. I just think that we should all aspire to be like the three among the 30. There were 30 of these guys, strong, but there were three captains of them, right, and, and the rest. Now, one, one in particular, um, um, Josheb Bash Shebeth, right, check this guy out, right? He killed 800 man, men at one time, one guy. You don't want to mess with this guy, right? You face him, 800, and one of the texts says he only had a spear in his hand, and 800 men he's able to take. Watch the movie, The 300. That's nothing compared to what's going on here. That's child's play. This guy could face, face 800. Now, another guy, I showed you this uh, the last time, Benina. Um, this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 20. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 20. This guy, Benina, he was also uh, the head of David's personal bodyguards. That you can find in 2 Samuel 23, 23. But check this verse out. Benina, son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, Kazbel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab, and he also went down and he killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. How's that? That's great, right? David killed a lion. This guy jumped on in, in the middle of winter in a pit facing a lion and sought him out. Right? Everyone say mighty men. Come on, say it again. Mighty men. Mighty men. Uh, the text I'm looking for is 2318, sorry. 2318. Eleazar, okay, he swung his spear against 300 and he killed him. Right? One guy against 300 and he prevails. 2 Samuel 23 verse 9 to 10. Watch. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 9 to 10. Um, he stayed on the battlefield when other warriors fled. This guy, same guy. Okay? He stayed on the battlefield when other men withdrew. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 10, I think. He rose and struck the Philistines until his hand was weary and, he, and clung to his sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And returned after him only to strip the slain. So everybody, Balegas, out of fear. This guy says, no, I'll take the whole army on single-handedly. single-handedly. What the Bible says, after the battle, he faces all the Philistines on his own. They could not get his sword out of his hand because his sword clung to his hand. He was so fixated on the battle. What's the sword? The word of the Lord. This is when the word of the Lord becomes one with the man. And, and he reaps great, great victory. Now, I'm telling you all these details. Later on, we'll do a detailed study. But don't you want to be like this? Hey, I, I would like to be one of these mighty men in David's army. Eh? Sort 800 guys out by myself, or 300, or on a snowy day in a pit with a lion, and I rout him. Now, why were they so effective? I want to ask you, what does the text say? They strengthened themselves by supporting David. Did David had all of these or some traces of these feats in his life? Yes. David had little snippets of all that they did, although they took what David did and amplified it and, and made it far bigger than what David could ever have done. One of the mighty men, he killed an Egyptian giant that made Goliath look like a child. Right? 
So whatever David did, these men did far greater, but they did not disconnect from David. They, what did they say? They chazak, they fastened themselves to David. This is a very powerful case of the resident grace anointing your leader is now becoming amplified in you. You're doing far more than him, but your greatest successes is no um, reason for you to disconnect because you do realize you are as effective because of your connection. The grace flows from, from somewhere and it makes your expressions um, and your feats in reference to the will of the Lord doubly amplified in your day. Now say it again, strong support. Strong support. I want to look at a few more examples. Okay, I want to get to the main example if we have the time uh, for it, but we'll see, we'll see how the Lord goes. Okay. Now, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 21. Who was Elijah's son? Elisha. What was the relationship or the position of Elisha in reference to Elijah? This verse simply tells us, he returned from following him and took a pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of oxen and he gave it to the people and they ate. Then Elisha, then he, that's Elisha, arose and followed Elijah and did what to him? And ministered to him. In this context, the spiritual son ministered to the spiritual father. The Hebrew word for ministered here is sarat, and it literally means, listen carefully, to contribute, to attend, to serve. Okay, it's used here in a generic sense to describe various activities, including that of a domestic servant serving a high-ranking official. So Elijah, the context of this chapter is Elijah had just asked Elisha to come follow him. Elisha leaves his oxen, leaves his trade, says bye-bye to his parents, and starts to follow Elijah. And how does he position himself in reference in the relationship? What does he do? He ministers to him. And the word minister here, like I said, it depicts a domestic servant serving the needs of a very high-ranking um, high official. Now, in 2 Kings 3 and verse 11, when Elisha had, had died and was gone, um, the king of Judah asked, is there not a prophet here? I was talking to Gehazi, by the way. Is there not a prophet here that we might inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shapatis, is here. So Elisha's not dead. My, 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 my mistake. Elisha is here. Elijah is dead, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Now check the descriptor that qualifies Elisha to be a prophetic voice to the nation of Judah. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, and he says, Is there any prophet that has the word of the Lord that we can seek and inquire from him? And so the servant says, Yes, there's a guy. Um, there's Elisha, right? Elisha, the son of Shepat, is here. And you would think, they would say, when this guy prophesies, things happen. 
He wants a prophet with the word of the Lord. What credentials are put forward on Elisha's CV as the greatest qualification for him to stand and prophesy? The fact that he used to pour water on Elijah's hands. Let me just say this to him. When you position yourself to pour water on your leader's hands, to serve, uh, to support, in the spirit, in the future, it's going to set you up as a qualifying factor for you to enter more boldly and powerfully into the arena of God's will for your life. The Bible is written for our learning. It's written for our instruction. What do hands denote? In the scripture, hands are a reference to the execution of will. That's what the symbolic interpretation of a hand is. For example, the Bible says the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Right? So hand does. The right hand does valiantly. The hand executes the intentions of the mind. So when it says he used to wash Elijah's hands, Elisha literally adopted a position of preparing his father's hands for the execution of divine purpose. For the execution of divine purpose. Now go to 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. The previous chapter, 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 9. This is how Elijah poured out a double portion of his grace and anointing upon Elisha. Right? This is how it actually happened. So the yes, father and son walking. And God is about to take Elijah off from the face of the earth. He, and Elisha will see his spiritual father no more. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask me what I will do for you before I'm taken away from you. Anything, ask. I'm going, you're not going to see my face again. God's going to snatch me. He knew it because he was prophetic. Right? And so Elisha said to him, Please let a double portion of your spirit rest upon me. Everyone say double portion. Did David's men have double portion? Yes. They did far greater things than David. The son is always positioned for to do greater things than his father. And I submit to you, some of you here are going to do greater things than what we could ever do in our time. Receive that in the name of the Lord. Position yourself for it and you're going to see, listen carefully, a grace and anointing come upon you. And you might say, why am I so helped by God? In what I'm doing, why am I so helped in the execution of what God called me to do? You have sown it somewhere. You have sown it upward. Now you're reaping it downward and you become successful. Listen carefully. Yeah, Elisha knows the key. He says, you're going nowhere until I get double what you have. I'm not going to leave you out of my sight until whatever anointing, grace, and blessing you have I don't just want it, I want twice. Come on, tell you never become greedy. Some of us just got no desire for, just have an ambition. Right? So I wanted, this was not for personal indulgence, self-indulgence. It wasn't so that he can make a name for himself. Elijah was concerned, the purposes of the Lord. Everyone say the purposes of the Lord. Right? Now let me just say this, you have cried for help up until this point for your own personal needs. But now shift. Tell your neighbor, it's time to shift. I hope none of us are still crying to God for personal issues. 
God has met you. God has responded. Now it's time to shift help for purpose. Help for kingdom agenda. And kingdom agenda is vested in your leader to whom God has attached you. So fasten yourself and you say, whatever is afoot on your heart, let us come behind you. You can rely shoulder to the wheel. We're going to push this thing so vociferously. God's will shall be done. And you in, among the 30 there, you're one of the 30 behind David. And you, you're pushing him. And he's getting victory and he's becoming established as king. But little do you know as you do that, there's a downward flow of grace that's coming to you. That's double everything your leader has. And whenever you in your private world now explore your destiny, you're not going to just explore it with the resident grace God has given you. You've got this additional dynamic of that special, precise grace that my leader operated in. Now I'm functioning in the same. It's going to be your portion. Elisha realized that I won twice. Elisha said double. Everyone say double. Next verse. He said, so Elijah said to his son Elisha, it's a hard thing you asked, right? You asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be. What's the only requirement to get this double? What's the only requirement? Come on, tell me. Say see. Some of you are following, but you've seen nothing. See is perception. Say open your eyes. Come on, say open your eyes. I want to perceive. The word is perceive, sa'a. means to see beyond seeing, to seeing beyond what is apparent. I want to encourage you. I pray the Holy Ghost open your eyes today. To see your leader. I won't have time to explain this word. It's on my website, Under the Grace. Right? After about session seven or eight, I speak extensively about this issue. About Timothy saw Paul. He went up. You, know, you mustn't just see him. You must see him when? Come on, talk to me. You must see him when? When I am it's not just, you've seen me for a long while now. By the way, this was 15 years of following him. Naturally, Elisha was following Elijah for at least 15 years. So it's not about seeing him daily. You must see me when? As I ascend. Let me just say this. If you can behold the ascent of your spiritual leader, if you can behold the, the degrees by which he grows in Christ and track that, and keep pace with that. Whatever he has will be yours. Don't let me go up and you don't come up with me. That's the point. Don't let me ascend, but you're still, you're not even standing still, you're actually descending. Right? Don't let that be. Tell your neighbor, track your leader. Come on, say track. Very important, track. You follow diligently. If he's studying something, I'm studying something. If that's a priority to him, it's a priority to me. I am tracking. Because as he goes up, something's going to come down. It's going to be double. Everyone say double. Come on, very important. Double. Please, I'll give you the link to that teaching. I don't, don't have time to go to the details here. And so the next verse, watch what happens. As they were going along and talking, behold, there appeared a chariot on of fire and horses out of the sky and separated Elijah and? Elisha. Elijah went up by a whirlwind to 
my world went to heaven. Verse 12, Elisha saw it. So did he get the requirement? If you see me when I am, taken up. And the Bible says, what did he cry out? My father, my father. It wasn't my father, my father. This is my father, my father. What's that? It's not just a reference to identify who Elijah is. It's a cry for grace. Why do I say that? Because he said this, watch. The chariots of Israel. Everyone say chariots. And its horsemen. He was not referencing the chariot that came to collect Elijah. He, he, he was saying, you are the chariot. He was saying, my father, my father, it's you who is the chariot. It's you who is the horseman. Chariots here were the fastest mode of transport in their day. There was nothing more faster, unfortunately, there than a chariot. Right? A Honda chariot. There was a Mercedes chariot, but there was a chariot. Chariot galore. If, if we were alive today, if this was happening today, Elisha would have probably said, my father, my father, the Learjets of Israel. Something like that. Some supersonic boom jet. He was referencing, everyone say momentum. Say acceleration. What gives you momentum and acceleration is the principle of father in your life. The principle of father will push purpose, will give you momentum, will give you acceleration. Doesn't say it once. He says, my father, last time I'm ever going to see you. And you said, if I see you, whatever, but twice of what you have is coming down to me. Then he looked. Sorry, then he took. He saw Elijah no more. Then he took a hold of his own clothes and he tore them in, in pieces. Verse 13. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of the, of the Jordan. So he took the mantle that Elijah, that the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he struck the waters and he says, where is the Lord, the God of my father Elijah? And when he done so, he struck the waters and they were divided here and there. And he mimics the miracle of Moses, separating waters, and he passes through. Just like, let me test this thing if it's real. He just threw down his cloak, which is a mantle. A mantle means grace. By the way, mantles never leave the earth. A mantle is an anointing. It's a grace configure. Even Jesus has left his garment when he died. Mantles never leave the earth. You pick it up. Tell him to pick up a mantle. I'm sharing with you a great, I can't, I can't begin to persuade you enough of how key this principle is. If you simply understand it, you're going to unlock a world of grace and help for you that is unattainable outside of this economy. But you have to be in it. So Elijah gets twice, verse 15. Now when the sons of the prophets who went to Jericho opposite him saw him they said the spirit of elijah rests upon elisha and they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him so it takes over the leadership role but my point is only one got the transfer there were a whole group of them but they were too far 
that was standing at some distance. Elijah followed closely. There was a whole group of prophets standing some distance, and when the mantle falls, if you are inaccurately located, you're getting no mantle. One guy got it because of his disposition. Okay? And he said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel. Now, so Elijah is the new prophet on the block, so to speak. He's doing the work, great, great miracles. In fact, if you count, he does twice the amount of miracles that his father Elijah did. Why? Because double portion rested on him. There's a very interesting story. Maybe we'll read it in a moment if we have time. Even in his death, he's performing miracles. This guy. He's, he's, he's operating from the grave. Double portion. Last text. 2 Kings 13. So Elijah is gone back up. Double portion on Eli. Sure, guys operating. I want to remind you. What was Elisha's disposition in reference to Elijah? Wash your hands. That's all I do. Minister to you. That's all I do. I wash your hands, watch. I wash your hands, I minister to you, and I see you as you ascend. I see you as you ascend. I track you. Watch your growth. As you grow, I grow. Double portion comes to me. Now you're gone. I'm a father to the nation and to prophets, even to kings. So let's read the account of when Elisha dies. Now he's about to die. The Bible says there was a sickness given to Elisha so that he can die. Because God needed to take him out. Some sicknesses are unto death. So God's way of exiting. Okay. What did I say? 2 Kings 13 verse 14. 2 Kings 13. Elisha became sick with the illness. With Everyone say the illness. So this is not an illness you can pray for healing. You must discern sometimes when some illnesses are unto death. At the will of the Lord. Right? So Elisha had a, was sick with the illness of which... He was to die. Joash the king. So there's a king. Joash the king of Israel came down to him and wept over him. And what did, he, what did the king say to him? My father, my father. Did not Elisha say that to Elijah at the point of transfer of the mantle? And let me just say this. Maybe stories went around all Israel. That if you want this mantle, all you must say is, my father, my father. You must, the formula is, yeah, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. So how does, now, <coughs> guy's sick, right? Coffee, chesty, I don't know what he had, right? Flu, I don't know what, the, what sickness God gave him. But he's not focused, he's about to exit the planet. And then verse 15 says, Elisha said to him, He's not impressed by the formula. So let me check your heart. I'll give you a test. So take a bow and arrows. And so the king took a bow and arrows. By the way, there was an enemy now that was besetting Israel. This king needed some guidance from the prophets. So let's take a bow and arrow. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So picture bow and arrow, right? So put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it, and Elisha laid his hand on the king's hand. You picture the scene, right? Then, verse 17, he said, open the window to the east. And he opened it, and Elisha said, shoot! And he shot, and he said, 
The Lord's arrow of victory prophesies now. Even the arrow of victory over Amram, for you will defeat the, uh, the, uh, the, the Aramians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Verse 18. Then he said, so that's a prophecy. Is that a good prophecy? Listen, go and attack these guys. You're going to sort them out. Don't worry. So the next test is, take the arrows, and he took them. And, the, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. And the king struck the ground three times and stopped. Question, did Elisha tell the king to strike the ground three times? He just, of his own, gave the, the number. He stops. So Elisha says to him, so the man of God was angry. He's angry in his sickness. He's not an angry man. But the man of God was angry with the king and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Amram until you would have destroyed it. But now you shall strike Amram only three times. Elisha died. He's an angry man giving a reprimand. Can you believe it? Please don't let me die that way. <laughs> you should have struck five times. Why, why three? Why half-hearted obedience? Doing the right thing but not doing it completely. Yeah. And then Elisha died and they buried him. Now the bands of the Moabites invaded the land in the spring of the year. He's dead and there's an invasion of Moab. Moab means who needs a father? What father? That spirit comes in. Because the spirit of father represented in Elisha has been taken out. And this marauding spirit that discounts the need for fathering comes in. Verse 21. As they were burying a man, behold, they saw the marauding man. Raid is coming in, right? And they cast the man into the grave of Elisha. And when the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and he stood up on his feet. How is that for a miracle at the gravesite? Elisha was so powerful, even in his death, he was performing miracles. His bones were making dead men alive. Right? You ask, Elisha, why were you so powerful in your day? He would answer you, maybe with three things. I ministered to Elijah. I washed his hands. And I saw him when he went up. I am this powerful because of those three essential I wanted to speak on how Aaron and her held Moses' hands. Remember? On the top of the mountain. As long as Aaron and her, which represent the two principles we've got to speak about, support the hands of a leader, the sword of Joshua in the valley is victorious against the Amalekites. Amalekites, the Joshua's victory in the valley, is directly support related to the position of Moses' hands on the mountain. Amen? And the account is this, Epaphroditus. In, in the New Testament, we should look at powerful lessons. There's only sufferance in reference to Paul. You'll see the blessing that Paul gives this man. There's Joshua in reference to, to Moses. And countless other examples of how men came into a specific disposition simply because of, of, of strong support. Amen. Now, I, I want to encourage you you can support in multiple ways. Pray for us. We need prayer. You will never realize the, the measure of warfare we now face. Never realize the measure of warfare. 
by virtue of what we're doing, and the warfare has just gone to uh, another level. Attacks on our persons, false accusations. It's hard to bear at times when you know you're not that and you're hearing things. Right? Uh, Dr. Segi warned us in the last meeting, he warned the committee, he said, all of you prepare for new warfare. He said, this thing will not come without a rebuttal from the enemy. Yeah. Now, we st- even this little accident, and I realized, Lord said, don't worry, I'm with you and your family. I'm with you. Right? Simply continue to 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 forge um, to forge ahead. I help Pastor Thamo as my direct oversight, shoulder to the wheel, strong support. Anything in the city that I believe is a move of God, for example, the Dr. Segi, put my shoulder behind the wheel, strong support. Everyone says strong support. I'm telling you, there are blessings coming to me by virtue of my extension of the ambit and sphere of my relationships with the broader body of Christ. But the smaller you you, 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 you retain, the smaller you maintain, the lesser the, the basis upon which God has to help you. Right? But as you help those over you in Christ, it flows down to you. Okay? My direct support is Pastor Thamo, shoulder to the wheel, is my Elijah, I'm Elijah so to speak. Right? I want to I wanna wash his hands, minister. And any other credible leader within our sphere, our local city of Durban, for example, shoulder behind the wheel. I want to encourage you. There's a great blessing and an anointing in this position. You will get to experience certain graces that amplify your effectiveness. If you don't see it immediately, you will see it in your future. If you don't see it in your lifetime, you will see it in the next generation that you, you spawn. I want to encourage you, God is no respecter of, of persons. No respecter of persons. Stand with me as we pray. Hold others around you. Support those over you in Christ. I submit to you that you will become a mighty man. You'll become a mighty man. Your personal effectiveness will be amplified. Think of Eleazar. Think of one man approaching 800 with one spear. So all he has is a spear, nothing else. Right? You know the guy who killed that Egyptian uh, giant, one of David's mighty men? The Bible says the Egyptian had a, I think a spear, some heavy spear, and all this guy had was a club. That's all he had. He goes for this guy. And he says with agility he took the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Tell your neighbor, personal effectiveness is about to increase. Uh, uh, say it again with under personal effectiveness. Whatever in your sphere, I submit to you, you'll become personally more effective. Receive that in the name of the Lord. But put your shoulder behind the wheel. Okay? You make me strong so we can be strong. And you know my heart's not for any personal name for myself. Is that God's will might? God's will might might thrive. There's a key. I've taught you a key today, brethren taught you a key, given you a key. Wash the hands of your leader. Minister to him. Watch him as he ascends. Determine in your mind, I'm not just going to be a man, I'm going to be a a mighty man. Not just support, but strong support in the kingdom of God. Double portion will be mine. In Jesus' name. I bless your people, Father, in the name of the Lord, with your grace. Help us to learn the secrets of your word that we've read. In reference to David and his men, Elisha and Elijah, teach us the secrets that they knew. 
teach us how Timothy supported Paul on the selfless Paul, Epaphroditus supported Paul, how Joshua supported Moses, how Barnabas supported the early apostles. Teach us these truths. Send help to us in a unique way. Thank you for the effectiveness of our persons who will be enhanced at every level now in the name of Jesus. I declare blessing upon your people. Make them mighty men in their spheres. Against impossible odds they will surmount and conquer. They will overcome anything. Anything in the name of the Lord. I prophesy to us in Jesus' name. Teach us to obey your word. To be obedient to spiritual leadership. For in this way we do honor them. Come on, say this after me. I will obey. I will obey. I will obey. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Greatest way you honor, the greatest way.